So this podcast is a presentation of a paper that I gave at AERA um, in Toronto a few weeks ago. So the RTPE, so Research on Teaching and Physical Education Lecture um, on 20 years of research in this topic is what this paper is. It's going to be short. I'm limited to 12 minutes when I give this presentation. Um, if you want to see the presentation, just shoot me an email and I'll email it over to you. Um, and we just wanted to kind of give a little bit more access to research that is just being completed and just being uh, available to the general population. Um, so here we go with another episode of Playing with Research in Health and Physical Education. All right, so uh, our presentation today is on the research on teaching in physical education over the last two decades. And I'd like to acknowledge the work of Dylan Landy, Steve Silverman, and uh, Dario Novak that's uh, worked on this project. So in order to understand the health and viability of a field, it's important to occasionally look back and reflect on uh, and systematically analyze the work that's done in the field. Uh, with this, we can examine trends, map out what we know, and consider ways to advance the field. Uh, if we look at a systematic analysis, it's a little bit different than a literature review. Uh, whereas a literature review synthesizes published research on a topic of study, uh, the systematic analysis, on the other hand, codes and categorizes characteristics of research articles. So looking at the research focus, what country was the research uh, conducted in, what are the me uh, methods that were used in order to examine trends. Uh, research on PE pedagogy is broken down into three topics, so curriculum, uh, P, so teacher education, and then research on teaching and physical education, which is what we focus on here. Um, in 1997, uh, Silverman and Sconey published the last review. Um, I was still 15 years old at that time, uh, and the research that was examined spanned from 1980 when I was negative two and Steve didn't have his PhD. Uh, so. Uh, up until 1995, so all that to say it was time for a, um, another round and extend this work. Um, so this figure explains a lot of what we did in this project. Uh, we began with an initial search of three databases from 95 June, where the last paper uh, ended off, and went to 2015. Uh, we identified almost 19,000 abstracts and then got to work. Uh, we had several reliability uh, checks along the way. After initial review and a second review, uh, we were at, uh, left with 1,133 articles. Uh, we then developed a coding list, as the one from 1997 was outdated, uh, and then we practiced coding until we got to an inter-observer agreement of 0.85, and we kept that consistent throughout. Um, then we split the uh, articles evenly between Steve, myself, and Dylan, uh, and then we coded an additional 60 randomly selected articles to maintain that uh, observer reliability. And at the end, we were left with 1,023 uh, articles that entered the analysis. Uh, now, the searches we conducted were exhaustive, both literally and figuratively. Um, we put in over 680 hours, uh, which equals to a person working 17 hours, or 17 weeks, 40 hours a week without a break. And I was noted today that I did not include the analysis in the stage, which took a week of uh, Steve's life up uh, over the summer. So uh, this is the coding list, uh, so you can see what we coded, but I don't actually have time to stay on this slide for a long time. So Dylan's uh, passing out just a few copies, so if you want to look through and uh, look back at how we categorized it. Um, there's a massive amount of data uh, from this 
uh, project that we're left with. We can't highlight this in the paper alone. We uh, can't highlight it in the 10 to 12 minute presentation here as well, but uh, so bear with us. We have tons of stuff uh, left out of this paper as well, but um, I'm gonna fly through these results sections. So if you wanna take a picture of a slide, I'll put it up on the first click and then you can save her over lunch or happy hour. Um, so we see a uh, increase in published research on RTPE articles with a peak last year, but a consistent trend going up. We're not sure what happened in 2014, but overall on average, we're publishing about 47 articles uh, a year. Um, articles were published in 183 uh, different journals, and as you can see, the major players are at the top of the list. Uh, one interesting point here is that almost 100 journals published just one RTPE uh, article, and we'll get to why this is important. So here's the articles by country. Uh, the US and UK combined for 57% of all peer-reviewed research in the RTPE uh, date range. A list of the top countries here and added China as they've been publishing more recently and might uh, go up in one of the future reviews. And I found a use for those flag emojis on PowerPoint. Um, so a majority of the papers were quanti uh, quantitative followed by qualitative and then mixed methods. You can see the numbers there. Uh, mixed methods has a huge increase from 1997 article. Uh, there are 56 case studies, uh, 18 that were action research. But overwhelmingly, we found effectiveness as the focus of papers with most having a descriptive or a correlational process product design. Uh, we had 149 papers uh, focused on equity issues with 62 of those on disability, uh, 60 more on gender. All other categories like sexual orientation, race, were represented in less than 10 papers each over the last 21 years. Uh, 63 papers focused on developing instrument or uh, making a, a validity or reliability study. So you can see the specific focus of the papers vary from uh, 314 having some focus on student perceptions. But what we also saw was a huge amount of studies with multiple foci. Uh, the top categories here were teacher perceptions, uh, teacher process, which is what the teacher is doing, uh, motor skill, physical activity, motivation and student process. Uh, the most frequent data collection techniques uh, were instances where the participant completed a questionnaire or instrument, uh, followed by interviews, systematic observation, uh, qualitative observations, and then a test. So a participant uh, performed a skill or a fitness test. So you can see the qualitative on the left, the quantitative on the right uh, for focus. Uh, and there are way more variables on the quantitative, uh, so they don't even fit on the screen. Um, they're a bit different than what each looked at. If we look at qualitative, uh, we had teacher perception and student perception as the top two. Uh, for quantitative, uh, you see student perception at the top, then student motivation is second, and both uh, had teacher process as the third most uh, researched area. We look at data analysis, um, this shows the type of analyses that were conducted. So descriptive stats were used very often, uh, but we also had uh, 322 articles that uh, used multivariate stats. Uh, coding was the highest uh, qualitative technique used, followed by thematic analysis. So the interesting uh, part about this is what you can't see. 
Um, interestingly, the authors of 91 quantitative papers, 61 qualitative papers, and 25 mixed methods papers did not address reliability or validity or trustworthiness and credibility in their, in their research. That accounts for 17% of all the research papers coded. So we move on to the discussion section here. We see a huge growth in this uh, field. Uh, for example, in 1997, when Silverman and Sconey published their work, uh, they had 179 articles in their 14-year span uh, compared to the 1,023 that we had uh, between 95 and 2015. Um, and although quantitative stats uh, still had the majority of published research at 64% of all published articles, qualitative research had a huge boost. Uh, it went from 9% to 25% in this review. And when you add in mixed methods, that only had one article in that last review and now accounts for 11% of all the work that's been done. Um, we have combined 35% of all articles on RTP are using some sort of qualitative methods. Um, most of the RTP work was done in Western countries, uh, but that's a limitation of our research because we only looked at uh, English language articles. So we do acknowledge that there's a, a vast amount of uh, research that we are missing in this, um, this review. So when we look at this, uh, almost 57% of all studies used questionnaires and surveys as their main data collection technique. Uh, one strength of survey research is the ability to aggregate a ton of data uh, across multiple participants. Good for uh, collecting lots of data over a short period of time as opposed to going in and observing and interviewing all the participants. Um, another interesting point is that in-service teachers, pre-service teachers, student teachers, and researchers were participants in 64% of the uh, research studies. Now, what do they all have in common? They're all adults. So that means we don't have to get consent from parents and assent from students. We can go right into collecting data. Um, so lastly, we like to work in groups. So less than 15% were single author publications and over 52% were uh, in groups of three or more. Uh, so this suggests the field is working in research groups and teams, uh, which may allow for shared responsibility in the research process. And why this is important is in, in our field, we have huge teaching loads combined with research requirements, and these research groups uh, and the tend, uh, trend towards questionnaire data and adult populations may mean that there's an increased publishing requirement for us, and these methods and populations are easier to study, and thus we are uh, leaning towards them. Uh, one of the most uh, disheartening trends that we found was the lack of attention to quality and detail in our manuscripts. Over 17%, that's 179 peer-reviewed research papers did not address validity, reliability, or trustworthiness. Um, there are many key points left out of analyses, class size, number of teachers, number of uh, lessons and units. Um, and we've also seen the outlets have changed. Uh, in 1997, 62% uh, of articles were published between JTPE and RQS in two journals. Uh, in our view, 97 uh, journals published one paper, signifying that they're willing to accept RTPE work, but not doing so consistently. So maybe those are the predatory journals uh, that may lead to that quality decline. So the wealth is spreading. Um, although JTP is still at the top of the pack, uh, but now compared to 97 when 60% 60 60 of publications were across two journals, now we see that same number across six. 
Um, there's a major increase in UK-based publications um, publishing research in RTPE. Uh, but there's ev evidence that traditional pedagogy faculty in the USA don't know these journals. So although the two are the top journals ranked an impact factor in our field, um, there's also a big change in motor learning and skill development studies to looking at effectiveness. And finally, there was an increased focus on equity, but this was limited to disability and gender and not race and sexual orientation. So to finish off, our field is growing tremendously. Uh, we're studying an ever more diverse set of topics, but we can't move to quantity over quality. Uh, and peer review should focus on the rigor to ensure that the health of our field uh, sustains. Thank you. Actually hear the question that was asked, but Lanston Clark brought up this point about how um, because of the lack of um, general education and so teaching and teacher education and things like that, uh, that didn't publish a lot of research on teaching and physical education. So Langston uh, asked about if we should reconsider and think about um, where we're publishing and are we kind of siloing ourselves. So um, just wanted to give that question because you can't hear it on the audio because it was very far from the mic. And I think that, so, Teaching and teacher education came up on that list, not very high, but we also got to remember that this is RTPE research, so we're not looking at maybe teacher education does publish across more or curriculum publishes across more, but I think that's a really valid point. You know, how do we expand, but then what's the, what's the scope of the journal? Does my, is my focus too specific in PE but then I get a desk reject. So, I, you know, that, I think that's a, that's a growing problem. Dylan, Steve, do you have anything? So Steve added that we actually did have some papers in teaching and teacher education, and um, Dylan just brought up some comments about uh, looking at social structures and AARA. But um, that's it for this episode. Um, hope you got a little bit of an insight in what kind of work has been doing and what the focus of research has been in teaching and teacher education. And we're submitting this paper uh, next week out, and then we'll uh, probably do a highlight on the podcast when this gets published. Thanks. <laughs>